The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data. Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to SaaS Marketing Week on the MarTech Podcast. This week, we're going to publish an episode every day talking about some practical frameworks and tactical tips to help you level up your SaaS marketing game. Joining us for SaaS Marketing Week is Rachel Leist, who is the Senior Director of Marketing at HubSpot, which is a leading customer relationship management platform that provides software and support to help businesses grow better. HubSpot builds sales, marketing, services, and website management products that start at free and scale to meet any of their customers' needs at any stage of growth. And in addition to providing us with our guest today, HubSpot is also a sponsor of the MarTech Podcast. So far this week, Rachel and I have talked about the SaaS demand gen playbook. And yesterday, we talked about her email marketing guidelines for growing your SaaS business. Today, we're going to talk about a new topic for growing SaaS, which is conversational marketing tactics. All right, here's the third installment of SaaS Marketing Week with Rachel Leist from HubSpot. Rachel, welcome back to SaaS Marketing Week on the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for having me again. Excited to be here. Excited to have you back. Happy Hump Day and excited to continue our conversation talking about how to grow a SaaS business. So far this week, we talked about how to get people to the front door. Yesterday, we talked about how to get into their inbox. But there's other ways that we can have conversations with our customers without just pestering them over email. Talk to me about some of the things you're doing with conversational marketing. I'm excited to talk about this, especially since yesterday I was teasing it a little bit. So we have built out our conversational marketing experience on our website, as well as in the product. And one of the great things about that is we have worked to optimize around really a couple metrics. So first, we make sure that when someone wants to chat with us, they are greeted with a bot first. And the reason we do that is because we actually found that people were more likely to interact with a bot as the first line than a human. So that was something we experimented with across different types of pages. And we were honestly really surprised by. It seems counterintuitive, right? This company's trying to sell with me. Send your robots in first and I'll see if I like them. I know it's totally counterintuitive. And when we were first launching our bot strategy, I personally thought, well, on a place like the pricing page, there's no way someone will want to interact with a bot more than a human. They're on the pricing page. They probably want to talk to someone and get their questions answered. It's not true. 
we ran experiment after experiment and it's really people want to be greeted with a bot because sometimes their questions are very easily answered that way. And then they don't need to talk to a person. However, we do always make sure that they can talk to a person if they want to. Two comments. One, oh my God, the robots are taking over duck and hide. <laughs> and two, uh, why is a robot a better experience than talking to a person? It's something we've thought about a lot since getting these experiment results. And I think it depends how helpful the robot is being and if it's actually answering your questions. We've spent a lot of time reading through chat transcripts and figuring out what are the biggest challenges people want to solve and then surfacing up the answers to those challenges as early as possible through the bot. So I think for people coming to interact with our with our chat, they've just found that it's solving their problems quickly because we immediately surface some of the answers to the questions they have. You know, my first startup was a company called strumschool.com. And this was early days. We used a, a product called Live Chat. And I would pay guitar teachers $10 an hour to sit in front of a laptop and just wait for guitar students to come by and ask questions. I wish the bot technology was there in advance so I could just get people to the right content before they actually wanted to ask for a person. So talk to me about what you're using the bots for. Obviously, somebody is asking a question. The bot's using artificial intelligence to present them content, to route them to the right team. What do you actually use the bots for? I think it's all that. So first and foremost, to surface some of the content that they might be interested in. And some of that is some of our support content. Some of that is if they want to get to a support agent, making sure they know how, how to do that. The other thing that we're doing is if they do want to talk to a human, we make sure that they can. And we've optimized around making sure they can get a response within 20 seconds and ideally less than 20 seconds, because we all know, even if you have to wait 10 seconds, you're not going to wait. You're just going to leave. I actually today was 99th in line with another bot that I was talking to today. And I did stick it out, but most people wouldn't do that when they see 99th in line. So we try to give the best possible customer experience to answer very quickly. I think the way to handle that is not your 99th in line, but the wait is going to be 15 to 45 minutes. Yes, that is totally the right way. I was trying to get a refund on something. So I was persistent. There you go. <laughs> It seems like most of the time the bots are, hey, here's how we can navigate you to the help section of our website or, oh, you really want to talk to a person? Great. Here's a person, which to me doesn't seem like it presents a lot of value. Talk to me about the tactics you're using to make the bots useful other than here's a link to the help page. I think it's about speed. Obviously humans respond, but even when you're talking to someone for them to grab the right article and then put it in the chat and send it to you, it still takes, let's say at least 20 to 30 seconds. A bot can get you that answer almost immediately. Not always, not always. And that's when, you know, you need to always think about when the bot fails, what is your backup plan and make sure that backup plan is seamless. However, when the bot succeeds, speed is the factor. And I think everyone wants more time. Everyone wants something speedy. Okay. So robots are faster than humans. Robots can default back to humans if they break. You mentioned sort of the, I'm on pricing. I'm interested. I have a question about pricing. I can go to the help section. I can connect you to a customer service rep. What are some of the other ways, tactics, and also the technologies you're using to make your bot successful? 
So we are using HubSpot's conversational marketing bot experience. And so I think part of that is, again, like we were talking before with email, being able to have really smart targeting. If we have information about someone chatting with us already, we can give them a different experience based on prior conversations we've had, prior actions they've taken. And I think that is also what makes a bot exceptional in these cases, having, again, those really personalized and targeted experiences. Okay, so you're able to understand who you're talking to, and the robots basically can take your CRM data to try to guide the conversation, understands what pages you've been to, what products you're buying, what your relationship is with the organization. Often I go and I use bots, and I'm not really sure if they're a person or if it's a computer. How much are you saying, hey, this is a robot you're talking to, and I can connect you to a human, or are you just letting them think that it's an actual person there and then passing them on to a different agent when the robots break down? So the most important thing when you're using conversational marketing is to be transparent about someone being a person versus a bot. I say someone loosely, a bot isn't a someone, but we always make sure that they know they're talking to a bot and it's for transparency reasons. So they know that if they're connected to a human, they're going to get a more personalized experience. It's for a multitude of reasons. Talk to me about the performance metrics you've seen from using a bot experience. What's the lift from going through the heavy lifting of training your bots, making sure that they know how to sit, stand, roll over, whatever you do to train the robots to be effective? Well, we are constantly looking at what is our website traffic because website traffic will determine how many people are chatting. We have run experiments based on how many people we can get to chat. So some of that involves what is the placement of that chat? Should we pop it open at any point? Should we, we've tried embedding it on a page as one of the options, instead of filling out a form, do you want to just chat with the bot? And it's like side-by-side experiences. Once they're chatting, we are also asking them to rate us, tell us how they did one to 10. What's our NPS score? There's a couple of other metrics in addition, but I think those are really hitting upon how many people are we getting to chat? Is that chat experience good? Is that actually solving the problem that the person came with? And then we do track how many of those people who are chatting with us wanted to have a sales conversation afterwards. All right. So similar to how you're thinking about email, there's your open rates, your click-through rates, you're looking at total number of impressions, you're looking at total number of engagements, and you're basically able to calculate that down to an ROI. When you compare email marketing to your conversational marketing tactics, do you find that one outperforms the other? I think conversational marketing actually outperforms email. Get out of here. Yeah. That can't. So from a conversion rate perspective, email will reach more people, but conversational marketing... I guess you're already on the website. So there's a self-selection bias there, right? Yeah. You're, you're actively seeking. And so you're already sort of in the conversion flow. Yeah. And it's not even just that you're on the website, you are choosing to chat as well. So there's a couple of really like decision points that you've made that I think do make you higher intent. But this is why I like to tell companies to use conversational marketing. I've talked to a lot of customers about this who are pretty suspect because they're like, oh, it's well, it's a lot of resources to set up and have your chat agents. And they're not wrong. However, it's a really, really powerful demand engine. It's targeting people that are the farthest down the funnel, not just on the website, but actively engaged with the content, which is pretty far down the path. Yes. All right. Well, we're going to continue the conversation again tomorrow, talking about other ways to get people farther down the path using marketing automation. So that wraps up this episode of SaaS Marketing Week on the MarTech Podcast. 
Thanks for listening to my conversation with Rachel Leist, Senior Director of Marketing at HubSpot. If you'd like to hear more of Rachel and HubSpot's tips for building an effective SaaS marketing strategy, we're going to publish an episode every day this week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and check back with us tomorrow morning when we talk about marketing automation rules for your SaaS business. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Rachel, you can find a link to her LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact her on Twitter where her handle is Rachel Leist. That's R-A-C-H-E-L-L-E-I-S-T or you could visit her company's website, which is HubSpot.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com, where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You could subscribe to our weekly newsletter, and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D, on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is benjshap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.